Welcome to This Creative Life Radio. I'm Felicity O'Connor. Creative women all over the world are unblocking and recovering their creative journey while they rewrite the rules for creative success. Join me as I explore the lives of people engaged in successful creative work and unlock helpful tips that leave you inspired and ready to create. So welcome to the beautiful listeners of This Creative Life podcast. I'm Felicity O'Connor and we're always grateful uh, for my lovely listeners and all the beautiful feedback we get uh, on the podcast. I'm so pleased to hear that people feel inspired and connected by the interviews and the chats and the raves by me sometimes that, that happen on this podcast. It's great to have you and welcome back and welcome to the new listeners that are just joining in. Um, today we have a guest that I've been eyeing off for some time and keen to speak to on a number of levels. We have, um, you may or may not know, of the Artists Guild, which is a fairly new organisation that started up in Melbourne in Australia. And today I'm really excited to invite the founder uh, and director of the Artists Guild and practising artist herself, Emily Raubenheimer. I hope I said that right, Emily. Uh, Welcome to this Creative Life podcast today. Thank you. Um, it's so lovely to be here. And um, as I said, it, I was so excited to see, find your organisation and um, see the kind of the ways in which we're working in this sector. And, and yeah, we were super, I told my directors, I was like, look at this. And they were, they were quite excited about it as well. So it's lovely to be on. The That's podcast. so fantastic. And I, I felt the same. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we clearly aligned a lot um, around our passion for supporting female artists, particularly women artists. Um, and you know, I think you and I and, and I'm sure the other directors in your organisation all know the statistics about what happens to, to fine art graduates or, or graduates in the arts, women, um, that then try and create a practice and a career for themselves. And statistically, it's pretty bloody messy, isn't it? It's yeah, not, it's pretty not, dire. Yeah. It's pretty scary. dire. It's yeah. pretty scary. When and I so... I'm quite shocked. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah, you know, what the interesting thing I've had the really interesting response um, when I've been quoting, you know, all the horrible statistics about what happens or the lack of representation of, of women artists at a high level, and people go, "Oh, is there inequality in the arts as well?" I'm like, "Yeah. yeah like, yeah. yeah Deb, like, actually, it's pretty bad." <laughs> yeah. So I started up the Art Activator Program, which um, some of the listeners will know about. Um, that's my support program for women artists. And we run that online, but we're also keen to offer real-life exhibition opportunities for our members. And I know, again, reading what you guys are up to with the Artists Guild, you're very much along the same path. Um, I would just love you to tell us more about the Artists Guild, Emily, and um Start us from the start because you were the founder, uh, I think you said nearly three years ago with uh, a couple of others. And just tell us, tell our listeners all about it, what, what, what happens there, who you are, where you're based. Sure. So um, the Artist Guild was founded by myself and um, Claire Wagel, um, and that was founded about two and a half years ago. Um, Claire and I actually met at um, an organisation called Tribe for Art, which was founded by Holly Block, um, which is no longer active. Um, But the premise of that program was that um, artist mothers would get together and share studio time and look after one another's children. Um, And that's where Claire and I met. And what we found um, 
while we were kind of nursing our babies and trying to make artwork, that we were having these incredible conversations about how do we make space for art in our lives. Um, and Holly Block um, had to uh, go back and study. And so um, we then took on leadership of Tribe for Art and the uh, model at the time didn't quite work out in terms of trying to get that studio time with young toddlers. So what we were doing kind of evolved and uh, Claire and I looked at it and said, well, we're interested in this sector. Um, we would like to become something that's not just for mothers, um, but for women in general. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where the Artist Guild came from. And so many of our members from um, Tribe for Art came over into the Artist Guild. Um, and we stepped forward uh, to look at creating a platform for women in the arts, but we also wanted to become a space where women could come for support. Um, so we started running what was what we've called uh, the Artistic Circle program. Um, and so once a month we have all of our members uh, come and meet and we have a provocation, a question that's sometimes it's something very practical about how do you manage your finances and art. Other times, it's something that has to do with art making. So um, we might have a very broad kind of topic and people will either just come to discuss or they will make something that they want to share with the group that's, um, that's kind of based on the provocation that we've given. We keep it quite loose. But we're very much passionate about making sure that our group is about support, not critique. Mm. We think there's um, a lot of critique out there. Many of the women that come through our organisations tell stories about going through fine arts um, university and going through the critique systems there and um, feeling like they didn't want to go back into the arts because they were so broken by that process. Wow. So yes, we yes. are very much uh, into making sure that, that it's uh, supportive. Um, so we're there to kind of go yay when you have a win and we're also there to have a laugh when there's when there's something that went wrong. Um, one of the fun things that we did in our first year of operation is we just had a Google Docs where people added all the times that they got rejected from something and we oh. were competing oh. for a prize to see who got rejected the most. Oh, that's um, superb. <laughs> so it was, just, it was just to try and make it fun because it's not easy being in this sector. Um, so, yeah, that's where we started. And, and we've always had a, a yearly exhibition. Um, we say yearly, but then often we get excited and we have three. For our, <laughs> last year we had three for our members. Um, so it really just depends on, on what comes up. And, and uh, we like to kind of throw those opportunities to our members. And we've um, had exhibitions in all sorts of wonderful places. Um, one of the most interesting ones was actually in a crypt underneath um, wow. a convent in um, Abbotsford. Um, oh, yes, I know that convent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was uh, because it was a space originally built for women. That was really interesting, yeah. the artworks that came out of that. So, um, and other times we've had exhibitions in uh, more traditional type gallery spaces. So we like to kind of mix it up so that everyone has an entry point and um, has something to, to do or... Yeah. So would you, would you say your members are a broad range from sort of um, beginners, emerging and experienced or is that what the membership is like? Yeah, it is. Um, we, we don't rely heavily on CVs. We're not interested in an artist's CV. Um, well, we are, but we don't. Um, we think that there's, there's not a lot of opportunities out for women 
um, as there is. Um, mm -hmm. And so if you just look at someone's CV and often because uh, some women have actually taken breaks to have kids, um, yes. the CV model doesn't work. So what we're interested in is um, someone's willingness and engagement um, in their art practice. So we just want people to put their hand up and say, yeah, I, I, I want to focus on my art practice. That's all we need um, for someone to become a member. And, uh, and so we have people that have given up their art practices for 20 years and um, mm. want to get back in but don't know how. Um, and then others that are regularly showing their work and just need to touch base with people once a month because being in a studio is isolating. Yeah. So th there's that lovely mix of experience, um, which makes for a really rich conversation and, and rich rich group in experience as well. Yeah, it's fantastic to, to cross-fertilise, isn't it? I think between members, I'm certainly known as that with my art activators, there's a really, there's a good cross-fertilisation of someone, you know, people being able to help each other out then because it's, you know, people a bit further yeah. down the track. It's like, oh, no, this is how you do it, you know. And um, and by the way, do you know you can go and buy all of that over there? You know, like just that, yeah. that, that beautiful collaboration. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and I think that's great because um, I would hate to run something and uh, kind of say, well, I'm the most experienced one, you'll get all the advice from me. I think that um, mm -hmm. what we're trying to do is, is, is show people that they have a voice and they have something to contribute. And, and so uh, yeah. it's great when our members are offering each other advice because sometimes some members yeah. have way more experience in some areas that we don't have. So and and this is the thing, you know, like as, as women, we can really do collaboration so well and we really engage in conversation. I mean, yeah, you know, this is what the men often don't get or maybe don't have the skill or opportunity to do. But we know, don't we, as women, like you've just said to me about your, your circles, um, how, you know, you schedule them to your meetings to have, you know, for a couple of hours and it often goes on for like like four hours because everybody gets yeah. engaged in the, the connection, the collaboration and the conversations. And I think as women that can happen so naturally. But you're right. I think the antithesis, of course, is the solo, the solitude that one has often as an artist in their practice. Yeah. Um, it's just the nature of the game often, isn't it, that you need that solitude to, to be in the space or it just happens that way, doesn't it? So it's a beautiful thing to offer this lovely outlet where people can connect. I, I just love the sound of those circles. And I'm, I'm coming to Melbourne. I'm definitely coming to Melbourne and I'm going to yes, be hanging, hanging around the edges of those circles, <laughs> if not right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, one of the other things I, I can hear you touching on, which is um, something I talk Almost, probably every single day I talk to artists and almost every single day I talk about this topic of confidence. Mm. And I'm sure from what you're saying, you're seeing what I'm seeing, which is it just underpins so much of how women artists operate. And what I mean is the either the lack of the confidence, it's the lack of confidence, isn't it? That, that, yeah. you, is that what you're seeing a lot of? When you yeah, this? I mean, yeah. and I think that as women, uh, we're taught that it's unsafe often to take up space. Um, the fact that we feel uh, yes. not safe to even get on a train at night time yes. says a lot about that. Don't um, stand out. Don't, don't yeah. make a noise. Don't look obvious. Don't attract attention to yourself. Yeah. Exactly. And then often when we do take up that space, uh, we're shamed. And so I think mm. there's a very cultural kind of ingrained um, aspect there. I think there's also, uh, we're taught from a very young age to be helpful um, and that we're there to kind of please other people. Um, mm. And so this can mean that sometimes that uh, 
the not always, but women don't always make space for artwork um, in their lives because I hear a lot of um, artists saying, "But you know, I'm, I how do I how do I tell my partner that I need time to to have the studio or." Um, or, or the other thing that's quite common is, oh, I, I'll need to ask my husband about what time, you know, when I can actually, and I'm like, you don't ask, you say, I am you going to <laughs> time. Um, and so it's, it's just really interesting just even the language I ask or I say. Um, mm. And so that often just tweaking those small little things can make such a difference. Um, so I guess that's, that's one of the aspects that we've kind of, we've been looking at and um, is an ongoing conversation both in, within our organisation as directors, but also for all our members is how, how do you make space? How do you make making that space um, comfortable and safe? Um, and, and yeah, because it's not always easy to be out in the public eye as a woman. I think it's complex. Often. That's, that's yeah you put that together so beautifully yeah to absolutely and and i you know we know we see this sort of thing tripping women up all the time and it's just i think it's gone on way too long where there isn't uh, either people or an organization or some sort of conduit that actually allows the healing and changing of that that cultural stuff to happen so um that's particularly what excited me about finding the artists guild and um I wanted to talk to you, of course, and, you know, part of putting this out on a podcast is for other, you know, the artist women that are listening to go, oh, my God, there's a thing. Uh, somebody's naming this as a thing. You know, this is what I can think about. This is what I can go and do. So yeah. tell us more then, just coming back to the artist guild, Emily, um, tell us more about what the plans are. Like, because you, as we said earlier, you're probably you're sort of two and a half, three years into the, to the foundation and the organisation and you're building things and I know you've got some ideas about where you'd like to take it. So can you tell our listeners more about that? Yeah, so after running um, workshops for two years and holding our exhibitions in other spaces, we're very excited to now have our own gallery space and um, we're completely sponsored and very, very grateful to Renew Estate, uh, Australia and um, District Docklands. They have um, given us the space for a year um, with... Uh, and charging us very, very little. I think it's about $100 a month um, wow. for the space. So it's working as an incubator program so that we can test this idea, see if it works, um, save capital so that we're able to actually afford a commercial space because it's tough. <laughs> so, yes. um, and so that, that's part of what we're doing at the moment. Um, so the gallery, which we've just launched in December, uh, we're trying to make it as child and parent friendly as possible. Um, so recently we just had an artist installing her work and what was wonderful is she had her three kids in there the whole time. They were in the children's breakout space making drawings and playing with the toys that were there while she could install her work. Oh, um, wow. We have a microwave and a breastfeeding chair. Um, we're trying to make it as um, kind of kid friendly as possible so that not all of our artists are mothers, but the ones that are um, have often talked about how cold gallery spaces are and um, not interesting to their children. And it then makes it feel like feel for them that they can't access those spaces when they have children. So mm. we're very much about creating um, virtual safe spaces for women to create work and physical safe spaces for women to create work. So that's our focus over the next year is trying to see how many women we can have connect with the gallery in different ways. Um, and uh, we have 
kind of artist residencies and subsidised programs, programs that we subsidise for women. Um, and then we also have the paid programs where um, other, other artists might pay to use our space or organisations. So there's a bit of that. Um, but along the way, we'll be rolling out arts advocacy programs and talks around um, all of the topics that we've just talked about. So in the future, what we really want to happen is the Artists Guild becomes a space uh, and a platform to speak about um, what, why there aren't more women um, represented represented in the arts, um, mm -hmm. how we can actually strengthen that. What we would really love to happen is to make our organisation obsolete. So right. we want to <laughs> support women to the point where we don't need to exist anymore. That would be wonderful if that, if we're able to get it to 50-50 in terms of women and men represented in galleries, then we'll be able to say, yes, we did our job. And so part of that is actually working with other organisations as well. Um, like yourself to make that happen we we know that we can't do it on our own so mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. that that's part of it lots of meetings with people to try and see what we can do in the sector so, yeah beautiful yeah. beautiful I can I can just feel the synergy and alignment happening as we speak Emily. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> I think that's fantastic and fantastic isn't it that the location that you're at at the moment anyway I mean I think that was um really amazing that you you got to the opportunity obviously you worked really hard to get to that but um i don't know for people that don't know melbourne docklands is in the city isn't it and yeah. right on the water there water's edge um on the yarra am i right am i thinking uh, uh, <laughs> i'm not sort of, sort of in that precinct i know the big stadium there i've been to the footy there <laughs> yeah well it's, it's right near the big um uh the tennis stadium um out near uh uh, now I've gone blank, Southern, Southern Cross Station. So we're quite near. Southern Cross Station, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're the last stop on the, the circle tram. So people can just hop on that, the free circle tram, and we're the last stop. So it's kind of easy to find us. It's not hard. Perfect. Um, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, and as I said, we're, we're extremely lucky um, to be part of the Renew Australia program. I can't speak highly enough of them. And if you're an artist, um, check them out because they're running programs all over Australia. Um, okay. And I really just... Yeah, I can't say that the support that they've given us, um, it's not just about the space. It's the support that they give you to grow what you do. They really believe that artists should be able to make money and that we shouldn't be ashamed about trying to do that. And, um, mm. and so they support all types of arts organisations um, by negotiating spaces with commercial places such as District Auckland. So, uh, yeah, and uh, the other thing as well is just the faith that District Docklands has had. Um, there are 17 other arts organisations that have joined the little complex that we're in. So what was Why wonderful... Yeah, what was wonderful on Friday is that we all had our openings and so we're all um, kind of benefiting from that cross-collaboration. Um, yes. And so yes. we had, you know, all our different audiences going through to each. Um, so I think it's going to become a real arts hub. It's um, just kind of started and we're excited about it. Yeah. Look, I think that's, a, that's an, a really obvious thing when you think about it, and I've seen this happen in Sydney, for instance. There's an area around Chippendale now in Sydney, um, just out of the city, which is very arty and numerous little galleries, independent galleries have all kind of popped up, but because they're kind of collaborating more in one small suburb, um, they get that flow on of, of people. I've, I've seen it happen in lots of different spots where you get double openings or things that, that can really help out. That's, that's very exciting. Yeah, very yeah. exciting indeed. And, and I think the benefit that it offers to the people that come to your space, um, for yeah. instance, 
one of our members, um, Stephanie Gobor, um, who does beautiful landscape paintings, um, yes. she sort of had a meeting with us and then um, she walked just down the street um, to Dodgy Paper, who makes his own handmade paper. Oh, yeah, had a, yeah. Had a residency there drawing. Um, <laughs> and she, she walked across the um, five metres across the street to True Paper Comics, um, who actually... Uh, do riso printing and so she then riso printed the drawings that she just did with dodgy paper um uh with oh. so um it was just lovely how many things that she could manage to do in one day just in that one space and i think within a three minute walk like, of each other yeah yes yeah. and i've had the best time like yeah, <laughs> so. it sounds a perfect day <laughs> yeah yeah that's fantastic. What I, what I want to ask you a little bit about then, um, just swinging slightly next door to the Artist Guild is yourself because you're um, a practising artist yourself and I know you're an abstract painter and you also do some embroidery, you were saying. Tell us, I suppose the, the bridge, if you like, is you're a mum yourself. Um, you are a practising artist, so you have been through this very, very same pathway that you're talking about with other women artists who perhaps have young families or other sort of demands on them. How did you manage all that yourself? Or how are you managing all that, Emily, with your time and various kind of obligations? It's uh, mayhem sometimes. <laughs> um, so, right. Uh, well, the background is I did fine arts um, for a number of years and then I stopped and I wanted to make a difference. Um, and so I started teaching because I felt very passionately that there was a disconnect between high schools and then what happens at mm. university level. Um, and I was quite disenfranchised, although I loved my experience at fine arts and I made some wonderful friends and learned some incredible things. There were parts of the system that I wasn't quite sure about. And it's taken me 10 years to work out what it was. <laughs> um, but, um, so I actually stopped practicing for a number of years. And then, um, as I said, stumbled into the Tribe for Art group, uh, which was run by Holly Block. And it wasn't so much the studio time, but the conversations with the other women about how they make space for art in their lives that opened up that for me um, in a huge way and um, got me thinking about how I've kind of sometimes sidelined my own art making to assist other people. Mm. Um, and so I, and also I think it created a space where it was okay to make mistakes. And this is what we're very passionate about with the Artist Guild is that that you can have a conversation about your mistake and a laugh and go, oh, that did not work. Um, but that there's no shame attached to making a mistake. Um, and mm. so it opened up a space for me to be actually able to show my work again. I'd been making work and not showing it for a long, long time. Um, and so I very much went through the process that I guess many of our artists now that come to the Artists Guild um, are going through is that process of, of accepting that it's okay to show your work and not only okay, but it's okay to put work out there that, that is new or you're not quite sure about. And, mm. and, um, and so, yeah, just started um, trying to fit painting in whenever I could uh, in between um, having my son. So uh, that was when he was napping. Um, uh, then the next step was kind of talking to my partner, who's also a painter, about how we could actually share those studio days so that he has my son for a bit while I paint and then vice versa. Um, and just trying to work it as much as, as, much as possible. Um, and it 
it was interesting as soon as I got the confidence to make work uh, within a month or two, the opportunities that were coming my way that um, I never, it, it, it's like I needed the confidence first before people were able to recognize my, my work. And, and within a month of putting my work out there, opportunities were coming and, and mm. um, I still was sort of almost accidental. I don't know how that happened, but it, yeah, it was a, a it was a really kind of telling and beautiful process and how if you're able to back yourself, other people will come your way eventually. So oh, what a great yeah. story. That's a great story. <laughs> and of course, it's the thing that we, you know, I again often talk to artists about is the dilemma of being seen. You know, they want the opportunities, but they're really caught in that dilemma of well, I'm not sure I want to be seen. Uh, yeah. And of course, that takes confidence again, doesn't it? And to deal with self doubts yeah. and all of those things to be seen for the opportunities to occur and, as you just said, backing yourself. And sometimes yeah. that's where I think your organisation and, and perhaps uh, mine to degrees is about just that, you know, sort of patting someone's back. You know, it's like I've yeah. got your back, that sort of feeling. Um, and, yes, you can, and I'm here with you and all of those kind of messages to, to really... I think so. And also sharing of stories that are very similar, I think. Um, yes. it's yes. Because often most artists, even experienced ones, have the same stories that come through. And, and so when you know that you have a shared story, you know it's not you that's alone um, doing it. But I think the other aspect that I think was most powerful me, for me is realising what type of work I like to make um, if I was to make work without any other outside influence, um, what would that work be? Um, and so I, I stopped thinking about the critique while I was making it. I just made the work um, and then felt much more comfortable to show it because I actually didn't care what people thought about the work because I, I loved the process. So um, that was the other part was just, uh, trusting my own process and enjoying my own process. And when I was enjoying my own process, then it didn't matter what people oh, thought about it. So fantastic. Yeah, it well done you. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I don't think it'd be not everyone's a process artist, but I guess it's just realizing what works for you. And mm. once it works for you, just having a go at it and, and not, um, Worrying about making it work for you rather than worrying about making it work for other people, I guess. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. And yeah. I think for a lot of people, you don't know how it works for you unless you try things out. You're like, exactly. you kind of discover yeah. that, don't you? You know, you can't, someone can't, yeah. some, no one else is going to tell you what works. Um, you, and I, so often that happens for me in, in my whole creative process. It's almost by accident. You know, marks that happen almost by accident or by accident. Yeah. Um, that you discover, oh, that's a way I could do it or I really love the way that's going or maybe I'll just do three more of those, you know, and just see what happens. So that's creativity, isn't it? You know, that you it don't is, necessarily yeah. have the, the, you sort of know what you want but you don't necessarily have the plan and the map to get there. Exactly. But unless you try, then you kind of figure things things out. Yeah. I love the way, I love that story of, of, of that discovery and I can just see that opportunities would have open themselves forward to you um, because you, you had the courage, you know, you had the courage to take that step. I think that's brilliant. Well, I think part of it as well is that the woman around me um, saw what I used to think is a negative in my work as a positive and reinforced it for me. So I, I always ah. thought the fact that I started artwork with no plan, no idea of what I was doing um, <laughs> and that I am a very messy maker. Um, I don't, 
I, my brushes are very scratchy. They're not properly beautifully cleaned. Um, and a lot of the artists I knew around me were very much um, those sort of planned, methodical artists. And, and I thought that how I was was not quite right. And, oh, right. <laughs> and I've since realised that, that the thing that I have that perhaps they don't have is I'm able to be spontaneous and, yes. and people respond to that. Um, yes. I won't be the planned methodical artist. Um, you're not going to see planned methodical artwork from me and there's nothing wrong with, with planned methodical artwork. It's just realising what works for you. Yeah. And then on the flip side, I've met women that... Uh, kind of worried that their work is not spontaneous enough. And then I've sort of said, well, perhaps you're one of those planned methodical artists. So, so, <laughs> That's um, who you are. That's so who you just, are. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of often the things that you think are negative are actually positives and they, the thing that, they are the thing that will give you the edge um, and make your work different. Um, that's so that's so true. That, support from the other woman to realize that I guess as well that's that's so true I certainly yeah. I mean anyone that's been listening to my podcast or knows my work would know it's all very much messy and spontaneous and unplanned <laughs> yeah. um and and I must say that's really interesting when you come to the business side of things because um some of the business women and coaches I've worked with they try and give me structure and I'm hopeless <laughs> I just I cannot seem to think methodically and in a structured way. So um, I just have to hire other people to do that stuff in my business now because I just realise that's not my strength. But, you know, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think it is often about playing to your strength. If your yeah. strength is that real discovery process, um, no plan stuff, and that's your strength and you can play to that strength and not try and shut it down or be someone that you're not, then you'll succeed. And vice yeah. versa, if, if you're that organised diligent discipline tidy you know that you you, you have the, the map and the plan fantastic if that's your strength you play to it definitely and I think it's also realizing the structures that are around you that are giving you messages about what type of artwork artist you should be um yes. I, I am uh, I'm an art teacher by trade um and but one of the things that I know is that uh the ways in which that we mark art students are very different from the ways in which art students work. And um, because to be able to quantify what artists are doing when they're all doing different things, um, it, there is more of an emphasis at, um, at kind of uh, high school and tertiary level on that planned, methodical, what's your right. next step type of thing. Um, and so that can mean the more spontaneous artists um, who can't always explain or articulate why they are doing something um, are then left in the dust. And that I think is an unfortunate aspect of our education programs at the moment is they preference one type of art making. So it's being aware that that is happening, that those structures are influencing what type of art artists are coming out of institutions um, can be very freeing in that sense to, to kind of allow yourself to, I don't know, give you give yourself a break a bit because it's, it's not, um, it's, it's not that your type of art making is bad. It's just that it doesn't necessarily fit that particular system. Um, right. So maybe it's that, that word I'm thinking of is permission, you know, giving yourself yeah. permission. Yeah. Mm. Permission to make the work. Yeah. Mm. Permission to make the work, permission to be who you are and the way that you approach things. I think that's fantastic. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought about how we sort of, you know, the culture, the teaching culture might, might come in at that early stage and what that, that means yeah. to how we go on and feel about ourselves and our practice. And, and that, of course, will feed into, you know, confidence and, you know, what you, what you, the risks you're willing to take, I suppose. Um, 
Yeah, awesome. Emily, how how can people find you, both you, your art, own art, because often the listeners will listen to you uh, or people on the podcast here and, and then think, yeah, I'd really like to go and actually see some of what they do. How would they do that? And how would they also find out um, more about the Artists Guild in Melbourne? Oh, okay. So um, for myself, um, I'm on Instagram. Um, it's at um, M and then underscore R-A-U-B. Um, and so that's usually where I'm posting things on Instagram about what I'm doing and my process. Um, the Artist Guild is also on Instagram. So we're just um, at the Artist Guild, Artists Guild, sorry, with an S. Um, and you can also find us on our website. So um, that's www.theartistguild.com.au. Um, um, otherwise, you're very welcome to drop in into our gallery and uh, we're happy to serve whoever comes in some tea and you can have a chat and, and sit and talk and please always feel comfortable to bring your kids if, if you need to. Um, we've got things for them to play with and things to do. So. And so the, that the Artist Guild's open to men and women? Can anyone drop uh, in? Or uh, men can drop into the space, but women access our program. So um, yeah. we... But I would say that we're for anyone that identifies as female. So we're not, right. uh, we want to make sure that we're inclusive, inclusive as much as possible. Um, right. But we exist for women, but we, we're not saying no men, you can't come in the door. Men come no. and view our shows too and get of something course. from it as well. So, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, for one, am, am going to be dropping in not only for that cup of tea, but I, I'm really keen to come and join one of your Artist Circle meetings on a Sunday. I think you said it was the third Sunday. Is that right? Third Sunday every month? Yeah, and it'll be lovely for you to meet um, our other directors as well. I should mention yeah. them because I don't do this all by myself. It's a beautiful team of friends. So we've got Claire who co-founded co co it with me, um, Karima and Avril, and um, we've been so excited to bring both of them on. They've, uh, we just brought Claire and Avril on, uh, sorry, Claire and Karima on in November. And um, the experience that they've brought to our group has just been absolutely fantastic. So um, I think, yeah, meeting those other directors because I'd, yes. I'm sitting up here and I'm talking to you, but um, the work is shared 100% by all four of us. And, and uh, yeah, it's fantastic, lovely. fantastic. I, I, I totally relate to the team approach. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my team um, members. Big shout out to my team, Gemma Vanderboom and Didi and um yeah all the other people that support these things happening so we can be the front of that but um we've always got a back end happening haven't we and it's it's always great to have that back up or in your case the people that you're directly collaborating with yeah. fantastic Emily it's really been so great uh to meet you to talk to you today um and of course going forward we, we'll get together over a cup of tea or as I love to do in Melbourne drink coffee in Melbourne because it's just got to be the best coffee in the world ever anywhere <laughs> <I agree>. yes. <laughs> and um let's talk all things art and see where we can take things so that's how you find Emily um, that's how you find the Artists Guild and I know she would and the other directors would welcome new members to their organisation. How many members have you got now, do you know? Um, oh, gosh. I think we're pushing on like around maybe 
45 at the moment that are regular members. Um, nice. We're just about to open. Um, we've got some people waiting in the wings that are waiting for our E um, kind of circles that we'll hold because there's some people interstate that have wanted to connect for a while that Great. haven't quite had the capacity to run those and now we do. So um, those will be Beautiful. popping very soon. And, and Beautiful. Wow. It's lots of, so many exciting things happening there. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> For anyone interested, um, swinging back to uh, what I'm doing, the artists, uh, the Art Activators is the online program that, that I run for women artists. So obviously that's, that's one of the hot topics that we're talking about and, and supporting here, both along with the Artists Guild. And um, you can find more about my program on my website, which is felicityoconnor.com. And... There is also a Facebook group. I think I mentioned this to you, Emily, but your members might also be interested in the Facebook community that I run called From the Easel, which is open to all practising artists. I was very excited to hear about that. I might have to join it myself. And yeah, please do. Please do. Yeah. We, we have some beautiful Sorry. conversations there. Again, the whole idea, uh, my inspiration to start that was, was the fact that many of us are isolated and need that sense of team collaboration and sense of belonging. So we, it's... I. I sort of try and hold it as a space that's not just about post your art, post your art, because there are plenty of Facebook groups that do that. Um, you're welcome to do that. But what I really encourage is um, conversations as well. And I have themes for each day of the week that you can post around some of those conversations. So, for instance, you know, Wednesday is about business questions or business side of things, you know, Thursdays about um, challenges and successes. So we try and drive some conversation about that. It's a wonderful, wonderful communication uh, community and tribe. So that's from the easel on Facebook. Uh, the Art Activators is my, my membership program. And uh, of course, you're listening to This Creative Life, my podcast. It's been beautiful to have Emily Rabenheimer with us from the Artist Guild today. Thank you so much for your time, Emily. And as I said, I really look forward to meeting you and all the other directors of the Artist Guild very soon. Look forward to working take things together. Yeah, Thanks. So, yeah. Thank you. And all, all the very best with uh, going forward with all the projects that you're involved in. You too. In. It sounds some great work. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Okay, thanks for being a guest on, on the podcast and thank you again for everybody that's been tuning in and listening to the podcast. Um, it would just mean the world to me if you were to leave us a little review um, on the podcast, which you can do, and also if you haven't subscribed yet, we would love to have you do that too. So uh, you can check that out in the show notes and until the next episode, uh, we hope you have a very creative, fruitful few weeks. And uh, we always look forward to hearing from you and if we can support you in any way, that's what we're here to do. So thanks again to all the beautiful listeners. And until next time, bye for now. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you're feeling really ready to jump into your creative life. If you'd like more information about my inspiring 12-week online program to seriously unblock your creative life, pop on over to my website, felicityoconnor.com and go to the Work With Me page. If you're after a super friendly, helpful community of creative people to hang out with, you must check out my amazing Facebook group called From the Easel and join hundreds of artists and creative people that have discovered that they don't have to take this journey alone.